Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Hi, how are you? Happy Monday. It's Tutel Nuanas. Here's some sports news. Suddenly, the Sentinel Spartans are a defensive powerhouse and the champions of Missoula. Behind a salty defensive effort and an offense that continues to roll, Sentinel rolled up Hellgate 44-6 Friday night at Missoula County Public Stadium. The Spartans allowed a combined two touchdowns on the wins in wins over Hellgate and Missoula Big Sky to earn the outside outright city crown. Friday, Sentinel allowed just 31 rush yards, 162 total yards, and no Hellgate touchdowns on offense. Cam Lawrence scored the only defensive touchdown of the game for Hellgate. It was a defensive score. Sentinel star Jackson Lee had 158 yards on 17 carries in the first half and finished with three touchdown runs. The Spartans are now 6-1, and one, while Hellgate drops to 3-3. Three and three. One first down in the first half each for Big Sky and Hellgate versus Sentinel. Ridiculous. The Montana Grizzlies, they had a bye last week, but they had a chance to watch two upcoming opponents play one another at Bobcat Stadium. Sac State posted a convincing 34-21 victory over number 6 Montana State to snap a five-game winning streak for the Bobcats. First win in Bozeman for Sac State since 1991. The Hornets capitalized on every MSU miscue seemingly from a failed fourth down conver- conversion that gave Sac State a 38-yard field goal to a botched punt that resulted in a shank. Sac State quarterback Kevin Thompson, 260 yards and three touchdowns, also rushed for two scores. This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. Wraps up tonight from Lambeau Field, the Cathedral of Football. 
Yeah. Makes me happy anyways. Tutel Nuwana is broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the show, in the first hour, check it out on the podcast. Tutel Nuwana's podcast available where all of your podcasts are, uh, you know, found. Wherever you listen to the podcast, you can get Tutel Nuwana's there. The podcast available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. 329-1899, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Coulter, the NFL uh, this past uh, Sunday was uh, a very interesting one. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Seattle Seahawks uh, just because, well, we carry the Seahawks games. Um, I know we had a little bit of technical trouble with that on Sunday. We'll get that resolved. But the Seattle Seahawks beating the Cleveland Browns on Sunday in, in a really hard-fought game. Uh, I talked about this off the top. The loss of Will Disley in this game is just, I don't know, man, it just... I hate this stuff, especially when you're talking about a guy who, you know, kind of came on the scene, a fourth-round draft pick, I think, uh, round, yep. that he was, and that's that's good. I mean, obviously, it's it's really good, but a, a mid-round guy who's all suddenly just starting to carve a name out for himself, getting, you know, having having some su- success on the field, really helping this team uh, tremendously. Oh, absolutely. And then now uh, a ruptured Achilles, and I mean... It, once that is officially confirmed, that's out for the year at least. And and uh, that's just uh, uh, so disappointing. But the game in total, Seattle, a 32-28 win. And a game that they had to come back in, they were down in this game, uh, was 14-6 to the end of the first quarter and uh, went in uh, down two at the break at halftime. But Seattle did what they did, and they come back. They score 14 points in the second half, and they hold on, and they do whatever they have to do to win. And once again, uh, Baker Mayfield started off actually really strong in this game at a couple of touchdown passes or one touchdown pass early and uh, and looked very, very good, 22 of 37 for 249 yards. But then the interception bug starts happening again, and this is a kid who continues to throw the ball to the other team. And again, I think there's – reasons outside of just Baker that that's happening. It's not just on him. It's on a lot of entities and, and, and parts of this, but it certainly is on him as well. Uh, and on the other side of this thing, Russell Wilson, six games in, zero picks, Coulter. Not once has he turned the football over. And by the way, I mean, let's be honest, man. He doesn't have anything like the, 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 the outside weapons that Baker Mayfield's got. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham. Nick Chubb? I mean, Chris Carson's great. He's not Nick Chubb. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they're great. Tyler Lockett, except like elite route runner, all that stuff. Neither of them are Odell Beckham or Jarvis Landry, for that matter. And yet, Russell Wilson just does what he does, delivers the football, hugely efficient, 295 yards passing, and 170 yards total rushing in this game. Chris Carson, 24 carries, 124 yards and a score. He had a big day, and and uh, the Seahawks just do what they have to do to keep on winning football games. They're 5-1, and one and they are rolling in the NFC West. How interesting is this with the undefeated San Francisco 49ers beating the Rams Yesterday, so now the Rams have lost, lost three straight, including two straight to divisional opponents, and it's the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers who are running headlong into each other for a couple of showdowns that might determine this division. The NFL, baby. The NFL. Do you find it interesting or coincidental that Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham played together in college and were not nearly as productive as they should have been as a duo, and then were way more productive individually? apart and now we're back together 
and are nowhere near what we thought? So far, I find it incidental. I mean, do we know that they were underproductive in in college? Yes. When's the last time LSU could throw the ball? LSU won the national championship right the last time they could throw the ball. Until yeah, until right now. <laughs> but even, I mean, Matt Flynn was the greatest LSU quarterback of the 21st century until Joe Burrow's right now. Okay. And, and when and when LSU can even come close to kind of throwing the ball, they are they are there. They how are great right there. was that game against Ford on Saturday night? By I mean, the way, LSU is really 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 good, man. I mean, yeah. this Joe Burrow's kid. He's he's so strange. Did you watch the post game interview? Oh, yeah. He just oh, yeah. Maria, what's her last name? She's greatest. Maria Taylor. Maria yeah. Taylor, greatest sideline reporter in the game right now. Yeah. Phenomenal. But she, he just stared at her. Stared, yeah. There's no nerves or anything. He's like soulless. He's yeah. just like having fun, throwing touchdowns. Yeah. Ask me another one, Maria. <laughs> right. He's fascinating. Well, this is a kid who's who a stud though. Was recruited to play quarterback at Ohio State for Urban Meyer. Was there in from the state of Ohio, went to Ohio State and Narrowly, narrowly, am I getting that right? Yeah, you got it. Okay. Lost a quarterback competition and and then, you know, said, okay, well, I'm going to go try my hand elsewhere. And all of a sudden, LSU gets a quarterback and and Florida, whose defense is next level good, got shredded by LSU. I mean, yeah, if they shredded. could do that to Florida, I mean, what, what, I, I love it, man. I love the LSU team. And now the double overtime loss by Georgia, and you're sitting there. How, how did we get into the FPS now? Look at us. We're doing a college segment. Because we're NFL talking about segment. Jarvis Landry and, and uh, Odell Beckham. I think, first of all, credit to the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are, are rolling right now. I think that the sense of belief is tremendous. I think that Tom, you're, you're the king until the king is dethroned. And Tom Brady is the king. With Drew Brees out with a hand injury and Aaron Rodgers trying to refine himself or whatever he's doing with his temper tantrums on the sidelines for two straight years, Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in the NFC, and he might be the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I mean, he's ridiculous. He he, he is carrying the day more he than is. he's carrying the load of his team more than anybody you know, in the league right there's, now. There's two undefeated teams right now, okay, and Saul, the Patriots and the San Francisco 49ers. In the NFC, the NFC East, the Cowboys and the Eagles are both 3-3. Three and three. The Eagles got rolled up by Minnesota. Hats off to you. You were right. I was wrong on that one. The Cowboys lose to the Jets, give the Jets their first win, and all of a sudden, the seat's getting hot again underneath uh, Jason Garrett. But in any case, you got that's – that's an awful division top to bottom right now if both the Cowboys and Eagles are just going to be okay. Because the Giants and the Washington Redskins are terrible. They're awful football teams. And so I don't, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what you do there. The Saints are clearly the best team in uh, the NFC South. Carolina, they're 4 and 2. They come off a win over Tampa Bay. But I mean, give me the Saints all day, and they're not even doing this with Drew Brees right now. That's a, that, they're going to win that division. And I think that you get two. Teams coming out of both the West and the North in the NFC uh, into into the playoffs, and you got Green Bay with Detroit tonight, and then in San, San Francisco and Seattle, ten and one. Their combined records right now. The Los Angeles Rams dropped to three and three. Akib Talib goes on the IR today with a rib injury. He's out, and I think it, you're just starting to see some of these teams start to catch up. And Coulter, I did say this on Friday, and I, 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 when I watched this game, saw what was going on, I 
I found this to be evident all over the place. Kyle Shanahan had something for for McVay on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the boy wonder over here. Well, guess what? I have some pretty good coaching lineage myself. Thank you very much. I actually do know what it is that I'm up to over here with the San Francisco 49ers. And by the way, don't look now. That, 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 that Niners defense is the real deal. I mean, that's the real deal. San Francisco 49ers defense. So these are two teams that are going to be great. Here's my one issue with the Seattle Seahawks. They keep winning because they're getting elite play out of Russell Wilson. And I think they're going to continue to get elite play out of Russell Wilson because he's an elite player. But they do not have the collection of talent that the best teams have. They don't have anywhere like the talent that New Orleans has. And, of course, that would be their one loss. But I don't know that they have the talent across the board to to match up with, you know, even a team, you know, the best teams in the NFC North, the Packers, the Vikings, something like that. You know, if they were to play those teams, they'd really be outmatched. Now, I think Pete Carroll is an X factor because I think he he just knows how to do it. He knows how to get his guys up and 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 they just buy it from him, man. They they really do. And the sense of belief that Seattle seemingly seems, you know, has year in and year out, is it's more than you, – you can't quantify it, and so people don't want to talk about it, but, but it's as real as a 100-yard rushing day, okay? I mean, that that is as important a factor as you could possibly have for a football team. And by the way, they are talented. They're a good team. They're just not as talented, I think, as some of these other teams. And the question is, how much can Russell Wilson continue to make up for that gap by being that much better than the opponents they play? So far, it's good, but I, I – I'm worried that when they play the best teams that they're going to get exposed. That's part of it too, right? Is that coming into this, the schedule on paper didn't look as weak as now it looks like it is now. You beat the Bengals by one. The Bengals suck. Did they win on Sunday or are they still winless? They're They're winless. So I mean, they're one of the three worst teams in the league. Yeah. You beat them by one. The Steelers, nowhere close to what they were for forever. You beat them by two. The Saints, you lost. And the six-point deficit was a lot closer than the game actually was. Yes. You were getting didn't they, didn't they score a touchdown on the last play of the game? Yeah, and like you, you were getting boat. Will Disley did, in fact. Hmm. You, they were getting boat raced in that game. They beat Cardinals. You should. That's one of the five worst teams in the league. And eh, Cardinals are coming around a little bit. Cardinals. They're still going to be a four or five win team though. We'll see. If you're the Seahawks, you got to win that game straight up. Well, sure, and they did barely. The Rams, nowhere close to what we thought they Not were going to be. Not barely, 27-10. Sorry, they barely beat the Rams. The Rams, nowhere close to where we thought we were going to be, and it took a missed kick from the previously greatest kicker in the world for that to happen. Mm. And then you beat a not-very-good Browns team by four. So, I mean, credit where credit's due. They are 5-1, and one, but do they actually have a quality win? I would say the Rams is a quality win, but it's not going to be as quality as beating a 13-win Rams team from a year ago. And everybody else, not playoff teams. So, We'll see because the, you know the Ravens are pretty good. They're probably a borderline playoff team. The Falcons well, are terrible. The, the Falcons the are Ravens just, are one hundred percent a playoff team. Yeah, and the, but then you look at the rest of their schedule. They have a chance to get rolling a little bit still. Falcons, Bucks, and then they play the, then, the 49ers but, and Eagles and Vikings. That's exa- the stretch. 49ers, Eagles, Vikings, Rams, Panthers. That I mean, the, the even with the Panthers, the Panthers are still pretty good. And the Rams in LA is going to be a, a tough game for sure. And then they got to play the Panth- They got to play the Niners again at the end of the year as well. So. They could front end this thing and, and get to six or seven or eight wins, and then they might have a tough stretch. But I've come around the Seahawks just because of the way that they've played early. They're probably going to make the playoffs. And the other thing, too, is you, you can go, I mean, 
you can spin it however you want to spin it. When you talk about, you know, a one-point win against the Bengals, you know, a two-point win against the Ben Roethlisberger-less Pittsburgh Steelers, and, you know, so on and so on. And, 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 and you know, I buy a lot of that. But also, what do we talk about in the NBA all, or in the NFL all the time? I mean, the margins are right. so thin, man. And and the fact that they win, and, and by the way, have won on the road traveling east, which they almost never do. I mean, winning in Pittsburgh, winning in Cleveland. I mean, I've seen this team lose to the 27th best team in the NFL by three touchdowns because they had to go three time zones away and for some reason just could not get them get off the plane. So, you know, I give them a lot of credit, but you're right. There's, there is a lot to learn still about Seattle. That's the point. I mean, if you're five and one, you're five and one, but there's still a lot to learn about, about this team. And frankly, the, the, the same can be said for the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers best win was against the same Rams team that now all of a sudden everybody's questioning. Uh, and, and so uh, when San Francisco plays Seattle, is it going to be as much of a, a test, a barometer for the 49ers as it's going to be for uh, the Seattle Seahawks? Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. Coulter, uh, Marcus Mariota benched on Sunday in favor of Ryan Tannehill. Brayle is uh, apparently going to uh, be making a, a quarterback decision for the immediate future today. Tennessee just couldn't do, was just utterly blown out off when they were on offense. And in fact, I think they did not score. I mean, I think 16 nothing was the final score of this football game on Sunday. Denver finally got a couple of wins. And the Broncos, to me, Coulter, are a very intriguing team because they're, what are they, 2-4, and four, I think, right now, the Denver Broncos are. But they had two losses. The, the loss to the Bears is one that's going to irk all the Broncos fans out there just because of, of the way that that game went and their feeling, you know, that they, that they were, they had that, that they had it robbed from them, taken from them. But they also uh, had another like one point loss uh, or two point loss to the Jaguars who drove down the field. And you got to give Jacksonville credit or maybe blame Denver for not making a stop. But they've now won their last two against an awful Chargers team and against an anemic Titans team that couldn't score against them but they are I mean a whisper away from being four and two and all of a sudden when you start to see a little bit of 
I mean, the Chargers, who we thought were going to be good, are awful. That was unwatchable last night. And I want to talk about that with you in a moment as well. But all of a sudden, Kansas City's lost a couple straight and doesn't look anything like the juggernaut that they were. Now, Kansas City still, to me, is the best team in this division. But Denver, who I thought was D-U-N done two weeks ago, is back alive. I mean, they are... The, the, the defense was rolling. They have held their opponents to 13 points combined in two weeks of football. That's unheard of in the NFL. I don't care who it is that you're playing. And, uh, you know, they have an opportunity against the Chiefs this week on Thursday night to, to all of a sudden. I mean, if they beat the Chiefs and the Chiefs are a three-loss team and Denver's three and four, it's, I mean, it's on till the end of the season. This is a huge game for Denver. Denver is not as good as the Chiefs are, period. But all of a sudden... There's intrigue to this game that I just never thought was going to be there going back even just 14 days. It had to have it last night for the Broncos. Had to. At home. Had to have it. But also it was a matchup advantage big time because you mentioned to me, I said, what's going on with the Chargers? You said their offensive line is terrible. Well, if you have a terrible offensive line going against that defensive line, you are in for a long evening. That's what happened last night. Well, that that was against Pittsburgh last night with the Chargers. Yeah, the, the, the oh, two me. weeks ago they beat the Chargers against the, that offensive line. And right, right, the right, Titans right, yesterday. Right, right. And, well, and the Titans. I don't know, man. I don't know where I'm at with the Titans. They, well, I'm off the Titans because well, yeah. we were both like, hey, you know, okay. And now all of a sudden you're benching quarterbacks, and that's just you know that's not where you want to be six weeks into the thing uh, by any stretch. Sue Tell New One is one two nine ESPN radio. I wanted to ask you this, Coulter, though, because you watch you watch offensive line play, you watch defense the, the lines, okay, offensive defense. I don't recall a time in which at the NFL there has been such a giant uh uh uh, uh breadth breadth between the best and worst offensive lines. Right. And I think with the Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals and maybe one or two others, Miami, I'm seeing the worst collection of starting groups at offensive line that I have ever seen in the NFL taken collectively. And there's some elite offensive lines as well. But it is bizarre to me. Like, the, the lines, you know, if you were a bad offensive line, you know, it would be a struggle. And it's always going to be a struggle. But, you know, you figure it out. You'd get, you know, you'd have a couple of plays that would work. You'd score some points or whatever. You just, in general, weren't going to be effective. I'm watching five guys get beaten flat out every single play, game after game after game. I mean, Phillip Rivers running for his life. He should retire today. (laughs) Just be done with it. Go home to your family, okay? Andy Dalton, I mean, it's remarkable that he's on the field. I'm not kidding. I mean, he they are absolutely, they're not NFL players, these collections of guys. They just aren't. And it is stunning how bad some of these offensive lines are. And maybe, again, it's a credit because the defensive line has had such emphasis put on it to get after the quarterback that maybe you're starting to see that trend really yep. elevate and the yep. skill is on that side. But we know how important offensive line play is and that's never been a secret and I think just about every football guy is going to tell you that's where it starts you got to be great up front and if you're not you got no chance and guess what there's some teams out there that got no chance and I've never seen it like this before 
Seattle Seahawks are the best example in the NFL. The Seattle Seahawks lost Marshawn Lynch, Doug Baldwin, Jimmy Graham, all their star offensive players. They have no headlining household name offensive players besides their quarterback. Why are they still functioning at a high level offensively? Because they fixed their offensive line. Yeah, they're mu- when they're, they had they're... all those guys at a bad offensive line. Russell Wilson was running for his life, and yeah. it didn't matter. Yeah. Now they have a good offensive line. I would actually say one of the better offensive. Yeah, lines. they've been they've been a little bit dinged up, but they're they're obviously far improved from what they were, and and are one of the better offensive lines. I don't know if they're a top five offensive line, but they're probably a top ten offensive line in the NFL right now. Why did Andrew Luck retire? Because <laughs> right. of four years ago, when they had no offensive line, he's getting. Just destroyed. His spleen was being bruised. And so then all of a sudden they draft and sign and fortify their offensive line, and now they don't have Andrew Luck, and what can they still do? Whatever Operate they offensively. Yeah. I mean, Marlon yeah. Mack looks like one of the best running backs in the league. Is he really? I'm not sure. I mean, Sean Michael Dugar on this show, our 12 for the 12 segment every Friday, he said that Chris Carson is a top seven running back. I don't know. Is he? He might be, but he's running behind a really good offensive line. Marlon Mack, production-wise, is a top five running back in the league. Is he, though, or does he have just a great offensive line? How many guys could be Marlon Mack, and you just put him behind that offensive line, mm-hmm. and he thrives? I mean, name the name name the, the worst teams in the league right now. Washington, yep. Miami, yep. Cincinnati. Yep. I don't know. Probably the Jets. Yeah. Probably the Chargers. <laughs> right? The Chargers looked awful. Right? Man. They really Those did. are the five worst offensive lines in the football. Yeah. They are. Right. I mean, it's it's not it's 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 not a secret. It's not a secret. It's... Uh, but it, it, I guess what is remarkable is that when you know that, like, I understand that you can't get f- all five of the top, you know, 15 linemen on your own football team, okay? Everybody's trying to get these guys and so forth. But but you got to have one or two guys, you know? If you don't have a single offensive lineman on your team who's one of the top 60 in the league... I mean, go home. When's the last time the Jets were good? When they had Nick Mangold and Bradshaw Ferguson, when and Rex Ryan was scoring. You could go to AFC Championships. Game. You could go to AFC Championship game with freaking mm-hmm. Matt Mark Sanchez mm-hmm. if you have a good offensive line. You can go to the NFC. I guess one step away from the NFC Championship game with Case Keenum if you got a good offensive line. What happens when that goes away though? It's so crazy how it, it impacts the careers of everybody. Right? Was Priest Holmes actually that good? He's pretty good. But the Chiefs had a dynamite offensive line when he was playing for them. So dynamite that Priest Holmes washed, Larry Johnson inserted 1,700 yards over and over and over again. I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, it's all down it, the line. Like, think about all these quarterbacks. Like, if some of these young quarterbacks would have had good offensive lines, how would they develop? Right. I mean, David Carr David steps Carr. in with David the Texans Carr. and gets sacked 150 times in two years. Yeah. Yeah. It's 70-plus times two years in a row. Well, of course he can't get through his reads. He's trying not to die. <laughs> So I don't know, man. I did, I think it's I think it's it's truly the simplest way to fix your football team. Yeah, and I think that you see. I mean, the Vikings are another great example. The Vikings had a great offensive line, and then Tony Sperano, their offensive line coach, dies, and they decide to not re up with Phil Lodeholt, their big right tackle, and they don't re up with Jonathan Sullivan, one of the best centers in the league, and they roll with a bunch of young guys, and then what happens? Even with you know, Captain Kirk and everybody, they, mm-hmm. they're not good. So then what do they do this year? They sign two veteran, not elite, but like veteran interior guys, and they draft the best center on the board. And now all of a sudden you got three starting quality. It's like you said, you don't have to have all progress. You just got to have dudes who are good enough to like play. You can't, I mean, 
So, and that's the other thing is sometimes when you do try to fortify it, it's going to take a couple years too. Like the Broncos went through this a couple years ago. They drafted tackles each of the with their first round pick two years in a row. Well, Garrett Bowles, all their left tackle, he's got all the potential in the world, but he's going to get straight worn out when he's a rookie. It just point blank. It's not that you can't just step in and do it. The guys yeah. that can, like Quentin Nelson, that kid from Notre Dame, yeah. plays for the Colts. That is a rare dude. That's Hall of Fame, right? If, fame. if you can straight do it right out of college, it's it's just a whole different deal. Uh, tonight, Coulter, the Green Bay Packers hosting the Detroit Lions Monday Night Football Green Bay 4-1, coming off what looked like a really good win where they just ran all over the Dallas Cowboys, but then the Cowboys, mm-hmm, well, trending down. Stealing signals, baby. Crosser um, High School. But uh, uh, nonetheless, Green Bay 4-1. Green Bay actually is a team that I I identify with the Seattle Seahawks, where they're playing really well. They're you know, they have an elite quarterback. Aaron Rodgers not playing nearly as well as Russell Wilson is. Nobody is. Nope. But uh but they're they're good. They do have a good offensive line and great offense. Really good. Line. And they have, elite, they have elite guys. Yeah. They and, have two elite guys. And their defense has been, with the exception of one game, really good as well. But I'm not sure that they are actually as good. Like I'm waiting for them to when they go up against the best teams around. Is the Lions, are the Lions one of the best teams? No. No, they're not. No. I don't. But 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 what I do like They're better than you think. They already beat Minnesota. You know, that's big time. But the, the Lions, 2-1-1. One, and one. They, of course, tied week one with the Cardinals. They beat the Chargers 13-10, to 10, which now looks like a meh. Then they did beat the Eagles, which I thought was an upset in Philadelphia. They lose to the Chiefs, but just by four points. So this is a team that hasn't had a game decided by, by more than four. They had a four-point loss, two three-point wins, and a tie. They've been just in and close with every football game, but they're 2-1-1, and and now they're at Lambeau Field tonight. Lambeau, Green Bay, three-and-a-half-point favorite at home, Coulter. Who do you like in this football game? Packers. I'm not ever going to pick against the Packers at home unless they're playing. I don't know. There's only about a handful of teams I'd even consider. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game. I'm going to be sitting with my mother and the uh, the the generational two-tell-slash-brusco synergy reaching over from the state of Wisconsin into Montana and back again is going to uh, rule the day. And Green Bay, uh, Green Bay, first of all, needs to win this game. You don't think a 4-1 team needs to win. I think they need to win it because if they win it, not only are they 5-1, they're 3-0 against the division. Right. And that's with one win over everybody, not just two wins over the worst team or whatever. That puts them obviously in the driver's seat in the NFC North. And, and, uh, and I think that, that, to be really successful this year, they got to win the division and have that home field uh, going on into the playoffs. So uh, it's a long ways to get there, obviously. But a, but but a Lions team that see here's the thing: the Lions, whatever your team is, the team that's bad in your division, they're lovable because they're bad. But all of a sudden, if they're pretty good, you sit here and you go, "Hey, hey, hey, what, what's going on now, Detroit? Who do you think you are? Don't come in here and start messing around." Take your 13, 20-point loss and go away. That ain't happening tonight, I don't think. I think I think Detroit is good. I think Carrion Johnson's good. Matt Stafford is always kind of who he is, which you want Matt Stafford to be better than he is, but don't don't kid yourself that that, that means somehow he's not good. He's really good. And uh, and so it's you know it just it's on again on Monday Night Football and an NFC North divisional matchup from Lambeau's going to be great. Can't wait. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. 
With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good evening. Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Sports Center. Suddenly, the Sentinel Spartans are a defensive powerhouse and the champions of Missoula. Behind a salty defensive effort and an offense that continues to roll, Sentinel rolled Hellgate 44-6 Friday night. The Spartans allowed a combined two first-half touchdowns and wins over Hellgate and Missoula Big Sky overall to earn the outright city crown. Friday, Sentinel allowed just 31 yards rushing and 162 total yards, blanking the Hellgate offense. Cam Morant scored a defensive touchdown for Hellgate's only score. Sentinel star Jackson Lee, he had 158 yards rushing on 17 carries in the first half alone, finished with three total touchdowns. The win moves Sentinel to 6-1, and one, while Hellgate falls to 3-3. Three and three. The Montana Grizzlies had a bye, but they still moved up three spots to number five in this week's FCS poll. Part of that because of what happened in Bozeman, Sacramento State, Posted a convincing 34-21 victory over number six Montana State to snap a five-game winning streak for the Cats. MSU manages 2.5 yards per carry outside of Logan Jones's 40-yard run. Only 16 yards on 15 carries in the second half. The Cats, number 13 this week's poll. Sac State, number 15. Uh, the uh, MLB NLCS, it continues this evening. We'll have it right here for you on ESPN Radio. The Washington Nationals and the St. Louis Cardinals going to play. We'll send you out to Washington Stadium where the Nationals have a 2-0 series lead. So as Tutel Nuanas is over. of movement in the FCS nationally. Four teams from the Big Sky Conference still in the rankings. We'll go through all of it. I said Cats were number 13 in the poll. That's what I voted them. They're number 12, actually. Okay. So messed that one up. How did you miss? How did you miss like that, man? <laughs> I said four teams. Actually, there's five Big Sky teams in the in the poll still. Uh, totals. Tutel Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you'd like to listen to this show, first of all, thank you. We appreciate that very much. If you'd like to listen live and you're not near your radio or it's just easier for you or you're out of market... Go online, 1029ESPN.com. You can listen to the stream. Stream is available all the time and is there thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, Coulter, the uh, FCS Top 25 poll had quite a bit of shaken up in the top 10. Four top 10 teams lost. Now, that comes with a caveat. Two of them were going to lose because there was two top 10 matchups yep. in the FCS yep. this week. So we'll get to that. Right now, uh, after uh, after all the shaking is uh, done, North Dakota State, who won 
over number 10, Northern Iowa. Uh, They remain undefeated and the number one team in the nation. And then James Madison, who had the other top matchup, they had a a, a strong win, 12-point win, something like that. 38-24 over Villanova. So 14-point win over then number five, Villanova. So Villanova falls from five to seven, and Northern Iowa falls out of the top 10 down to number 13. Neither of those teams fall very much, though, because they're playing, hello, the number one and two teams in the nation, North Dakota State and James Madison. Uh, South Dakota State, they win uh, by 10 over Youngstown State. Covered, by the way, just so you know. Uh, they are 5-1. and one. They're number three. Weber State, 4-2. and two. Montana, 5-1. and one. They are 4-5. and five. The Montana Grizzlies into the top five in the country. Been a while. Montana's been a number five team. And here's what's remarkable. They had a bye, and they moved up three spots in the top ten. I mean, they're already at eight, and they move up three spots not playing a game. Somebody's living right. We, I mean, we just, did an, we just did an hour on Sac State ruining Montana State's homecoming and beating them thoroughly in Bozeman. And <clears throat> as Captain Kevin Cass has said, trying to find some light in the darkness. I, I would say the number one factor to having success during an FCS season, unless you play at North Dakota State, is rebounding from when you lose because mm. you will lose. Mm. What happens the next week? That's why UC Davis has their backs against the wall because they lost barely to North Dakota State and then they got their butts whipped by Montana and then they let it matriculate into losing to North Dakota and all of a sudden you're on a three-game losing streak. How do you right the ship? You have right. to figure out how to snap it. But you look at this. I mean, my I, I was having a hard time figuring out who am I going to vote for because I was just sitting here this morning trying to weigh losses because 11 teams in the top 25 lost and eight of them lost to unranked teams. So where are you at? Who lost to who? Which is a more quality loss is what you're trying to quantify, but then who's outside the poll that could get into the poll. I mean, first and foremost, total tangent, but I refuse to vote for Ivy league teams. They don't play anybody. They're not part of the playoff system. Get out of here. Ivy league. I don't care. Mm, Dark, mm, dark, Princeton, all this. If you're not going to play anybody, how am I supposed to gauge it? If all Man, you do is if play I each knew other, you were going to come in this hot. I would have had our burn street bistro burn of the week ready to go. You know, look at you. Well, they're already getting the mention. Cause you just said burn, Burn Street. Well, I, you know. Uh, anyways, but when you're trying to just equate, how do you get in the top 25, and then you're looking at just how many teams lost, it, it's just sort of crazy to really look at it, but it's also just a part of this level of football. So how do you get back on track? That's going to be the key. Um, Montana State, by the way, they, they obviously lost. They dropped from uh, 6 down to 13, and then it, it was uh, 1,000 who was number nine in the nation, they also fell precipitously all the way down to number 18 following a loss. So those are the four They lost 38-21 to an unranked Albany team. So those are the four teams in the top 10 uh, that all lost, making way for a bunch of teams to move up in the poll. Still, though, five Big Sky teams. Weber State at four, Montana at five. Montana State still there at 12. Uh, And then Sacramento State, Probably the biggest mover of anybody. They will go from unranked to 15th in the nation, the Sacramento State Hornets, which you had them 13th last week. Where did you have them this week? Eight. Okay. Whoa. I mean, I think I'm, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. I watched it firsthand. I mean, if you go dismantle the number six team in the country yeah. at Bobcat Stadium, which is one of the five hardest places in the country to play on a sunny homecoming Saturday, so everybody was ready to roll. I mean, it was that stadium maximum capacity 17777 and they had 19347 there so they were 2500 over capacity mm-hmm. to be able to do that in that in front of that crowd after the enthusiasm of the announcement and everything like that i mean sac state put, took montana state apart 
so thoroughly that the crowd was a non-factor. Non-factor. In, in, by the second quarter. The loudest cheer at Bobcat Stadium on, on Saturday was when they announced that Kenny Chesney and Michael Fronty are coming to play Bozeman, which is great. What a great package that is. Kind of grabbing from uh, both sides of the fence there on the countryside and then the, like, kind of pop reggae thing. Okay. Uh, the other the other impactful FCS result, which everybody's been wondering, what are the Delaware Blue Hens? Because they, to open the season, they started off 2-0. They beat Delaware State. Okay, you should. They went to triple overtime with Rhode Island, who's not a great team, but they won the game. And then Delaware was competitive with NDSU until NDSU boat raced them in the fourth quarter, and they ended up losing by 25 points. But it, but they were in the game a little bit until the third quarter. and But then they only beat... Penn, another Ivy League team, by one. And then they lost to Pitt 17-14, and they were winning that game 14-10 late in the fourth quarter. So you're thinking, man, these guys, you know, where are we at? They they were in it with North Coast State. They were in it with Pitt, with Pitt. And then they just got destroyed by Elon, 42-7. to Elon's a team that I had in my top 25. They were the – they got the auto bid out of the CAA last year, mm-hmm. which was – Completely surprising because they're not one of the traditional powers. They're not James Madison or Richmond or Delaware or New Hampshire or you know, William and Mary. I mean, they, they are the least brand name team in the whole conference. And they came out of nowhere as the newest member of the conference to win it. And then they came into this year with high expectations and they really stubbed their toe early. But that's a huge win for Elon. And I had them back in my top 25 as well. So Delaware, where are we at with them? Not sure. They don't have any enough quality wins to me. They got the best, some of the best quality losses in the FCS. But what does that even mean? And so it's interesting to see how this all plays out. But when you're looking at this list of top 25 results, there are so many teams with two, three, four losses that are for amongst sure. the teams competing. So when you are a Weber State that has two losses, but they're both FBS losses, you are a Sac State with two losses, but they're both FBS losses. You're the Cats that only has the one FCS loss. You're the Grizz that has no FCS losses. To me, that carries a lot of weight. That's why I had four Big Sky teams in my top 12, because I think that Weber State, Montana, Sac State, and even Montana State are still have some of the more impressive resumes in the FCS. Uh, the one other team, by the way, from the Big Sky that is still in the uh, top 25 is UC Davis. They were at 24 last week. They move up one spot to 23 after they beat Cal Poly handily, 48-24, uh, doubling up the Mustangs on Saturday. Uh, Eastern Washington, they won easily against Northern Colorado, which if you're a good team, you should do. Up 40 nothing at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, defensive scoop and score to make it 30 nothing, and it was just it was all bad. Northern, for Northern Colorado is just they're just so bad, man. Yeah, they did get the one win, though. You know? Uh, but anyway, point being, Eastern uh, Eastern Washington is still not in the top 25, uh, and nor should they be, by the way. I mean, that, that win is all well and good, but it's not enough to uh, move the needle particularly. They're going to have some work to do to prove what and who they are, first of all, to themselves, I think, over there in Cheney, and then to uh, to everybody else as well. A couple more scores from around the big sky. Quickly, Idaho State dismantled North Dakota. They won 55-20. to 20. Matt Struck, 396 yards passing and five touchdowns. You don't know who was going to do it, but if Idaho State is playing, somebody's scoring 50 points. <laughs> Seriously. Either, either them or somebody else. Somebody's putting up 50 if the Bengals are playing football. Eric Berrier, <laughs> Eric Berrier threw for 445 yards and five scores in that Eastern Washington win over Northern Colorado. Yeah. Portland State, 24 nothing, including 14 fourth-quarter points uh, over Idaho and uh, four interceptions, two each, Mason Petrino and Colton Richardson. So 
It's a fascinating thing that Idaho's doing with their quarterbacks. There's been all this controversy over Mason Petrino. Paul Petrino's playing his son. He's not been good. I think he's got 13 turnovers over his last five games. In the meantime, they're trying to redshirt Colt Richardson, who's a guy who split time with him, but he does get to play in four games. So they let him play in this game significantly as a dual quarterback system, but the guy's not in the future plans, but maybe he is. It's, just, it's a weird, muddy situation right now. Is, is this the big guy? Jared Lorenzen Jr., yeah, 6'6", yes. 285, yeah. I mean, he is he is, he is, is a big man, and it's not all good weight. Oh, no, he, he's portly. Yes. Indeed. Okay. UC Davis back on track, 48-24 over Cal Poly. Jake Mayer, 378 yards and four touchdowns. And Weaver State did not cover the 23-and-a-half, which was a killer for us, for SCS uh. speculators, which, by the way, stay tuned. We'll get to a new FCS speculators Sooner than later this week, and uh, appreciate everybody for downloading it and subscribing. And if you haven't yet, download, subscribe, rate, review, all that go. good stuff. But we were state twenty nine fourteen in the Battle of the Beehive State over Southern Utah, and uh, the the story of the week this week was all the almost every single one of the winning teams forced so many turnovers, and almost every single one of the winning teams had one, their star quarterback step up and explode. Hmm. All the star quarterbacks threw four or five touchdowns. Yeah, the only star quarterback that wasn't playing. Case Cookies. And Dalton Snead. And Dalton Snead. Yeah. Uh, all right. Very good. Coulter. Appreciate it. Top 25. Very interesting. I love it. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We'll get you set for Monday Night Football. We'll get you set for Monday Night NLCS Baseball. The game has just begun in Washington. Give you a live update right after this. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. See, he drops it on me, and I didn't know because we were talking about it. Well, it's okay. Time. We both had good burns. We Ivy League, be. don't get top 25 votes. And the Cats, the largest largest ovation on homecoming weekend for Kenny Chesney. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. Bottom of the first inning. Uh, Jack Flaherty pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals against the Washington Nationals. Uh, two outs, nobody on, 0-0 the score. Steven Strasburg, uh, a perfect first inning. Three up, three down, two strikeouts uh, in the first inning uh, for the Washington Nationals. So Strasburg and Flaherty, and this is a got-to-get-it type of game 
for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals as they are down 0-2 in the series and now on the road. Coulter, Carlos Correa. Loved it. The moment of the postseason last night, walking it off in the 11th, on the first pitch of the bottom of the 11th inning, a no-doubter to right field, and one of my, certainly, and perhaps all-time favorite reaction to a home run and a moment uh, that I've ever seen. Doesn't throw the bat. He grabs the end of it, holds it, and just stares at his own dugout and then the fans while the ball's still in the air. I mean, it was so far gone that the pitcher who's there, I don't even know who was who threw the who, who threw the ball, start, just starts immediately walking off for the Yankees' dugout. Jay Happ, okay, thank you. And then Carlos Correa... I mean, you know when the, when the golfers, Coulter, when they rip one three fifty down the middle and they just pick up the tee and start walking. This was the equivalent of that, but but way bigger. I mean, with forty thousand people, whoever it is, they're at Enron Stadium cheering him on, uh, going absolutely. Yes, I know it's not. I know it's not Enron anymore. If you're wondering, yes, I did slip that in there for fun. But and it, it made, I think it was. It's remarkable. I mean, that was one of the great moments last night when he did that and absolutely electrifying. And people who, you know, can kind of take or leave baseball, this is a moment where you go, wow, how great was that? Kids got a flair for the moment, no doubt about it. This is what I'm always complaining about when it comes to baseball is the lack of marketing for guys like him. Make this kid a star. He is a star. I he mean, he's, star. he's been a star in the postseason. And I, I get it. It's regional and all that stuff. But to me, that kid is just, he's got a flair for the moment, which is the most important part of being a superstar yeah. in baseball. And I just love his swagger. I mean, he's, he's talking about big moments in the postseason. He's got one of the great walk-offs we've seen. And then last time when they won the World Series, he one-ups everybody and proposes to his girlfriend right there in front of everybody. <laughs> I mean, he, the kid, the kid can seize the moment for sure. But the, you know, the Astros are the Astros are endlessly fun to watch, and that's that's been the identity of this team since they won that first World Series. And it's impressive to because the windows in pro sports now are so small, mm. and for them to win that World Series and then come up just short last year, and then now be back in and maybe be the favorite. It, it's impressive to not only just the talent they have on their roster, but just the culture they have in their clubhouse because they just seem like they're having the best time all the time. Well, they are. And, you know, Carlos Correa, too, he is a star. But also, this is a team of stars, man. Jose Altuve, uh, 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 Alex Bregman, th- th- these guys got it when it comes to the flair for the moment, the feel in the moment, the the the, the dramatic and the... Uh, so the George Springer, I mean, say, oh, there's all, all of these guys have that sort of factor, and this is a really fun team to watch, man. The, the Houston Astros, like, I, I, I could give a rip about Houston or the Astros, you know, historically or whatever. It's not my city, it's not my team, but this this team is a ball to watch play baseball. And by the way, I know you hate them. A lot of people do. But the Yankees are pretty fun to watch, too. I mean, they got guys going bonkers out there swinging the, ba- the, the, the bat. And and uh, and they got, you know, some decent pitchers as well, especially in their, in their bullpen 
the one pitch home run give it up notwithstanding. So this is a this is a great series. I got the winner of this series winning the World Series. So this is obviously you know major. Uh, but this is th- these two teams are just fun to watch go at it. And again, the postseason it's just different because even when there's quote nothing going on, everything's going on in the postseason. Like it's it's phenomenal. It's going to be fun to watch it all play out. I think that definitely the uh, – would you agree with this? Would you agree that the winner of the American League is going to win the World Series? Yes. I would, I would agree with that as that's what I said. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's true. I mean, I, th- I think that these are the two best teams that are playing right now. Uh, bottom of the first inning, two outs, one man now on though for the Washington Nationals as they are working against Jack Flaherty in the uh, bottom of the first inning, still 0-0. I must apologize. I called uh, Michael Sean Dugar, Sean Michael Dugar earlier. We uh, had a breakthrough last week. We said, hey. None of the above, We actually. said, hey, man, can we actually ask you if it's okay if we called you Mike? And he's like, that's what I like. Yeah. Uh, I'm into Mike. Well, he, he is at Mike Dugar anyway. Exactly. So, yeah, so Mike yeah. Dugar is what we'll just call from now on. 12 for the 12. Stay tuned for that every Friday. It's been a great segment. He's doing a great He's job. Awesome. And Mike, I'm sorry that I got your name backwards. That's probably why you don't like the full version of it. So we'll just stick to calling you Mike. Uh, also, Greg Belt tomorrow. Uh, yep. He is uh, joining us to he the Tacoma the News Tribune. For, uh, yeah, for the, the News Tribune in Tacoma. So he will uh, help us out, kind of. We'll get one coming out of the week, talk about the game that was, which in this case was a win over the Browns. And then next week's game, which I haven't even looked up who Seattle's got next week. I got to go uh, track that down, but we'll do that on Friday uh, as well. Tonight, Monday Night Football, as we mentioned, the Green Bay Packers hosting the Detroit Lions, their three and a half home. Uh, three-and-a-half-point home favorite, give it to me all day long. Packers, I don't know. I think it's the breakthrough today, Coulter. Breakthrough of what? 41-17, Green Bay. When's the last time you saw an NFL game with that score? That didn't involve one of them? Never. Never, almost never. No. It was a very college-like score that you just threw out there. Yeah, it's it's uh, almost certainly not going to happen. Like in NFL, you could just dominate somebody. It's like 24-13. <laughs> True. I mean, like, the best performance the Vikings have had all year was against the Falcons, and they won 28-14. They're up 28-0, they won 28-14. That's as good as it gets in the league. This is what I'm talking about here. David's got it figured out back there. He knows how to set you off into Monday Night Football with the Green Bay Packers playing. Boys and girls, enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the football. We send you out to the nation's capital. End of the first inning, 0-0. You'll be there for the top of the second. See you tomorrow. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.